0: a new season of the Rethink Podcast. Our mission is to inspire action and accelerate transition to sustainable business models, inspire companies to reduce their negative impact while enhancing their positive contribution to the sustainable development agenda and integrate ESG principles in their business. Now, connecting impact investors with social enterprises is the episode opening this new season, and I'm going to discuss about social entrepreneurship, social impact investing, ESG, woman empowerment, and microfinancing with Shital Mektawalsh, global advisor for Ignite Fund. Ignite Fund is a woman-led fund that acts as the financial catalyst for climate impact through the fund-proven team and syndicated partners, bringing together ROI and social ROI. Now, Chital has more than 25 years in experience in tech and global investments, having worked with over 1,000 global companies across multiple industries as a founder, investors and board members. Her past responsibilities include the creation and global implementation of Microsoft's first relation business for Bill Gates. Chital founded Shanti Life, an organization that has impacted thousands of women, through financial inclusion to become leaders themselves. Finally, her wide and diverse network provides deep global reach to solve our planet's biggest obstacle and scale businesses. Shital, welcome to the Reading Podcast. Uh, we are now in the post-COVID uh, world and uh, the, co- the pandemic has drawn uh, more attention than ever to the social entrepreneurs. I would like to start our conversation today about how do social enterprise create value in the post-COVID world.
1: Thank you, Nicoletta. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really delighted to participate in this very important conversation. Social entrepreneurship, as we know, has been a part of our society and communities for a very long time, even pre-pandemic. But the effect and social impact that we can have leveraging innovation and technology now, after the pandemic, is greater than ever before. Um, In the earlier days, you know, to the pandemic, there were situations where people couldn't go to work, remote working became a very common part of our our operations, Um, but not everybody had access to technology. Not everybody had the opportunity to work remotely. So for those of us who have, innovation has continued to take place and societies have been able to um, contribute to their corporations and companies and to different communities. We have a very different understanding now of what's taking place in terms of social entrepreneurship because we've seen the negative effects of what the pandemic has um, done to many different communities, and I don't think Nicoletta, we're just talking about, you know, the the folks who are working in companies and investors and and are positioned on boards and thought leaders around the world, but we're talking about social innovation and impact and meeting the needs of people around the world who may be in vulnerable situations. Prior to the pandemic, they may not have been vulnerable, but unfortunately, many do find themselves vulnerable now, and that means we as global citizens must be responsible to identify innovations that are going to affect positively not just our communities, but also those vulnerable communities around the world who could certainly benefit from ed technology, health technology, financial payments. Um, and as we all know and care about globally is the concept of clean tech and how we're going to change the way we live as a social people, as social entrepreneurs, as social investors and citizens who care about the world. Um, my hope is that we will get rid of this phrase, social entrepreneurship in the future. And we will just be entrepreneurs because in effect, you know, garnering the innovation that we can to make positive effects should be at the priority uh, level of all investors and entrepreneurs alongside making financial returns. Thank you.
0: That's perfect. And maybe we can now start the conversation about uh, Ignite Fund. You are part of the the management team and you are a woman led uh, fund, but you are also uh, supporting the clean industry uh, technology. Uh, can you give us some examples of uh, of some success stories or best practices uh, that you are aware of at this moment? Absolutely,
1: Nicoletta. There are so many uh, venture capital funds who are really excited about climate tech and clean tech. And when we look at um, electric charge vehicles and we look at solar solar energy, wind energy, you know, really technologies that are affecting every aspect of our lives from recycling um, to to water cleanliness, water management, uh, the leveraging of data analytics and how we're going to use AI and our um, ML in the future in all of these various sectors, Nicoletta. So when I think of clean tech and we talk about Ignite, uh, what we're talking about is a cross sector industry focus and climate tech, as you know, affects everything from from hydrogen production to use. Um, We're talking about energy, agriculture. We're also talking about health technology because what we do in our world is affecting our health. We've seen that in many cases, and how we can use innovation and technology uh, to prevent certain illnesses, but also disseminate medicines very quickly through supply chain, which incidentally also affects, uh, you know, logistics, and manufacturing, and the clean tech and climate tech story. With regards specifically to ignite, I'm very proud to be part of this women-led team. It's a group of women who are who are who are actually very focused on within certain markets, but who have global ambitions and global experience. And when I think about uh, ESG, we hear this phrase so often, so many venture funds are talking about how their fund will respect and incorporate ESG into their strategy, but not many are actually measuring their outcomes, their investments, and what that means for their companies when they actually implement and deploy. Um, our, Our organization is really, really focused on ensuring that we measure these outcomes in terms of how people are impacted. And so when we talk about the environment, when we talk about the social and governance aspects, we're also talking about creating diverse teams. That means teams that incorporate diversity in gender, we need more women leaders. We also need access to capital for women-led businesses. Uh, Boards need to be more representative of the communities that they serve. And when I talk about diversity, Nicoletta, I don't just mean uh, more women um, at the helm. We definitely need that, but we also require diversity in thought. And that is the only way that we're going to have really opportunities to create technologies and innovations that are going to affect different communities and different people. Thank you.
0: You mentioned accessibility and one of your uh, mission, I think, as a social entrepreneur, it was uh, more about uh, uh, the, the role of microfinance in developing and developed countries. And I know you have a success story uh, when we are talking about uh, microfinancing. Can you tell us more about your project?
1: Yes, thank you, Nicoletta. I started my career early in investment banking and then moved into technology where I worked for, for Bill Gates at Microsoft, um, setting up a venture capital strategy. And one thing that I learned over those 10 years was that accessibility to finance is very limited, not just for women, as we know, but also for people who are vulnerable, that could be communities who are remote uh, and who don't have access to resources. So I set up Shanti Life, which is a microfinance MFI. It's an organization that is global in focus, but really um, trying to target and work and collaborate with women who are in situations where they don't have access to sanitation. They don't have basic resources that you and I, you know, take for granted. They are not bankable. They don't have any credit. Yet these are the same people who are really responsible for nurturing their families, for making decisions, for purchasing medicines and sending their children to school. So Shanti Life is a microfinance organization which really embodies the the notion of financial empowerment and financial literacy. And my interest in this space is to make everyone bankable. Everyone should have the right to have a bank account. And in doing so, saving and allocating funds based on how they need to do it, not how they're being told to do it, is really um, at the helm. Uh, Post-pandemic, what we're seeing, Nicoletta, is that people who are are in a credit crisis are not only vulnerable people in remote places of India or Africa, but these are also people that we, you know, brothers and sisters that are in in our communities as well. They're suffering from loss of business. Their businesses have closed during the pandemic. Um, they've been closed down. Some of them have been acquired at, at not very good rates. And so they themselves find themselves vul- vulnerable. And however we can ensure access to capital through microfinance is available will be really an important element to the future of access to capital. And by that, I don't just mean access to capital. What I mean appropriate interest rates, not 30% interest, but, you know, what are bankable interest rates, something similar, as well as support systems, wherever we can access capital, it's never just about the money. And I also speak about Ignite um, fund in that capacity. It's also about ensuring everyone who gets money should be able to have support systems. And that means mentoring, that means access to networks, that means mentoring, and it specifically also means celebrating those entrepreneurs who've been able to access money to set up businesses that are helping other people. How do we champion them? One final thing I just wanna say on access to capital with regards to microfinance or even being a startup entrepreneur and accessing venture capital is that failure is key and failure is actually a success. We're not always going to be perfect and go the first round and make a win. It is very common in all walks of life from the most vulnerable to the most successful. And that, you know, we can we can face challenges and that we can fail and that's okay because we have communities that will uplift each other. That includes women uplifting each other, entrepreneurs uplifting others, and it also includes those who are, who are successful to ensure that they give back. And that is really a part of, um, you know, my, my ethos behind the work that I've been doing and that of most social entrepreneurs, as well as Ignite's strategy and mission.
0: But how can technology can help developing uh, communities? Because I, I'm, I'm thinking about the common, uh, uh, the common points of, of your project. It gets to the, to the technology and how can we uh, use it in our advantage?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. So I'll use a simple example with regards to COVID, for example, not so simple now. Looking back, it was very complex at the time. But many governments were trying to figure out how to provide vaccinations for their citizens. Uh, And that was everything from rural India, where people are remote and don't even have access to medicine, to, to you and myself, how do we get our families vaccinated, and how do we know where to go and which vaccination to get? And when traveling, how do we monitor and how do we uh, access information about, you know, to be able to tell the airlines we have been uh, vaccinated? So, so being able to disseminate but record data is very important. And the thing that really rings true for all of us, I'm quite sure, for everyone who's listening to this story, is that accessing data is is not only important for governments and for for medical organizations, but it's important for you and I, Nicoletta, for us to own our own data. Once we've had our vaccinations, to share that information, but to be able to pull it up real time on an app on our phone so we can share that with with organizations and people such as airlines when we're traveling uh, or medical facilities as we're entering them, or homes where elders are staying perhaps, and we wanna visit them, but we wanna show and prove that we've got vaccinations. So so having real-time information is very key. I think there's also obviously education technology, health technology and financial payments, how all of that can be leveraged through certain applications that's accessible to many people around the world so that they can also hone in and leverage services that might not otherwise be made available to them. Um, we know that there are people who are not able to attend schools in certain parts of the world, how can they access online technology to educate themselves is really important and really key. Um, when we talk about energy climate that's going to be key for everybody, you know how you and I purchase clothing, um, do we know where those clothes were made relevant data. Regarding the supply chain of that those those garments that we buy is really, really important to us. So I think that is all key, but there's one underlying area I'd like to focus on, and that is ensuring that the operations around internet access and data are really secure and safe. Not everyone has connectivity. So how we can work together through our, our communities to ensure that people really can can connect real time and at the appropriate times during emergency situations so that they can access resources and helps and supports is key but also we're hearing more and more about the lack of security we're hearing about phishing attacks we're hearing about governments worrying about privacy for their citizens. And you and I, unfortunately, as individuals, we now have to take it upon ourselves to ensure whatever innovation and technology you use, that we are safe for our families and that our information isn't compromised online. So as far as we can leverage technology that's going to provide solutions that can alleviate, alleviate fear and make sure we are safe in controlling what information is shared about ourselves, and that's from you and I to the most vulnerable person to the most uh, professional, most successful person. This is uh, where we are all equals and we need to ensure that we have that safety and security online.
0: You are a respected woman entrepreneur and I would like to get closer to the end of our discussion but not before uh, touching one, uh, one subject that is related to the woman, ispo- in, woman empowerment. Why do you think it's become such a significant topic of discussion in development and economics?
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicolata. This is the most important question. So as we know, women have always been at the forefront uh, of nurturing families, nurturing communities, and inherently not as social entrepreneurs, but social CEOs of their household. And we never had these labels, right? But um, we all know that women do think in a way that is going to benefit the communities. As we move forward in terms of women leaders around the world in politics, in education, in health decisions, um, in corporations, we do see more and more women are being taken seriously and being positioned as a senior level decision makers. This is important not only for companies to provide uh, diverse uh, ideas and, and solutions, but this is also important and necessary for role modeling. As we move forward, it's so important, Nicoletta, that we can empower young women to be future leaders, to realize that they too can have a seat at the table and they can invest and they can be on boards. But not only young women, we also want to ensure that we can educate young men about how their mothers are working and how their leaders can also be women in their communities. And this is important for respect for across uh, gender activities for women and men to be able to collaborate in the boardroom. And when we look towards, you know, the large organizations that are incorporating ESG, many of them are looking at checkboxing processes. Oh, we have a woman on our team. Oh, we have, you know, we have a, a young man on our team, and so on and so forth. But that's not what's key. What's key is how we ensure that we really en- com- encompass a diverse team in our in our projects and in our initiatives. And we have to face it, women are becoming and have been for a long time, though not recognized as leaders and as innovators. And the more that we accept that and incorporate women into our strategies um, and into accessing capital to make decisions and create new technologies, I really would love us to measure the impacts that that provides. Um, So I would like to point to you Nicoletta, look at our community of women leaders Now, at a time that we are measuring social impact, we also have more women leaders. And I think that's actually quite an interesting point because it's a time for us specifically in the venture capital world. Um, We have the money, we are accessing the money, we are accessing LPs and limited partners who care about social impact, who care about diversity, who care about climate and the environment. And it's no surprise that at the same time, we have women leaders. So it's actually, I think of no better time if you want to be a woman led uh, business, if you want to be the CEO of a startup and you happen to be a woman, now is really the time to step forward and and go for it. Because I think it is our time as women to become leaders and really generate revenues and also generate social impact at the same time.
0: Shital, it was such a pleasure to have you here at the Rethink podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Nicoletta. Have a lovely day.